Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. Thank you. Thank you, Josh, man. Praise team. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Hey, for those of you watching us online, those of you watching us at the Rossville campus, thank you so much for joining in too. Hey, Colossians chapter four, Colossians chapter four, that's in the New Testament and it's about two thirds of the way through and you're just have to, if you don't know where it is, it'll be on the screen or you can just look in the front of your Bible. It's hard to find a small book. I'm finishing up a sermon series through the book of Colossians. And I've had actually three sermon series as we've gone verse by verse. Today's the last sermon in it. Now, you'll notice for some of you with some OCD, I'm leaving out a few verses at the end that were Paul's greetings and salutations closing out the book. But I'm, I'm leaving that out. But I'm ending with the last main thought and my last main theme he has in Colossians chapter uh, four. And we've been talking about life upgrade, how to upgrade your life, how to update your life with all the theology he gave us. And today I want to close out on a note that I think Paul uh, would uh, want really uh, us all to hear this message uh, about the mission mindset. It's kind of how Paul leaves the book with this mission mindset. And I know you're thinking, well, hey, I'm not a missionary. And Paul would disagree with you that we are all missionaries. And so what does he say to us about that? Well, I'm going to talk about it today. Colossians chapter 4, just turn there in your Bible. And we'll read, uh, we'll read there in just a moment. Have you ever wondered how many people you meet in your life? Like, how many people do you meet that, um, you know, you're, you're going to know well? How many people do you meet that are total strangers? I mean, we never think about how many strangers we meet in a lifetime, whether we meet them, um, you know, out and about on our job, whether we meet them at a mall, whether we pick them up as hitchhikers. I heard about a guy picked up, uh, saw a hitchhiker on the side of the road and he, he, he picked him up and, and the hitchhiker got into the car with this guy. And he honestly, he was, he was kind of surprised. And he finally looked at the stranger and said, man, I want to tell you, thank you for picking me up, but I'm just shot. You picked me up. Nobody picks up hitchhikers anymore. How in the world did you know that I'm not a serial killer? The guy in the car said, it's simple math. What are the chances it'd be two serial killers in the car at the same time? <laughs> I mean, you meet a lot of people, right? You meet a lot of strangers. How, how many do we meet in a lifetime? Well, that's really hard to gauge, right? I read a couple of studies. I'll show them to you here as we go. But one person, one study said that in your lifetime, you'll meet 80,000 people in your lifetime. Now, that, that's not meet and make friends, obviously, but that's meet and see their faces, maybe get a few names along the way. But 80,000 people, if you live to be about 80 years old, you'll, you'll meet about 80,000 people. Well, how many of those do you really have the opportunity to make a difference in their lives, right? So I'm going to meet 80,000 people, and I guess if I live to be 80, that turns out to be a little more than a 1,000 a year uh, if I start when I'm five or six years old. So how many do I really have a chance to make a difference in the last? Well, they've done the research, and here, here's what they tell us, that it, over your lifetime, you have an opportunity to make a difference in about 25 people that you work with. Over your lifetime, you'll, you'll have the opportunity to make a difference in about 14 
family members uh, that pour into their lives. And over your lifetime, you'll have the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of about 150 friends. That is 150 friends that you have a meaningful relationship over your life. Doesn't mean you keep it the entire life, but you have or had a meaningful relationship. And, And they describe this as if you threw a party, who would come? If you threw a party, invited all your close, you'd have about 25 work people, 14 family, and 150 friends show up to your party. So, so is that an accurate number? Is that really where we are? Well, studies show, though, we can make even a greater impact. In 2014, in William H. General, Admiral William H. McRaven gave the address to the graduates at Texas University of Texas, Austin, here's what he said. Notice this. I, I like it. He said, tonight there are almost 8,000 students graduating from U- UT. That's University of Texas. I have to say that here because uh, obviously, obviously, you know, if you're thinking Tennessee, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, maybe 8,000 learn to read. That might work. But anyway, um, but none of them play on the football team. Anyway, so that, that great paragon of analytical rigor, ask.com, here's his quote, sorry, I got sidetracked, asks that the average American will meet 10, he says 10,000 people in their lifetime, that's a lot of folks, but listen, if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of these folks changed the lives of another 10 people, just 10, then in five generations, 125 years, the class of 2014 will have changed the lives of eight Hundred million people. Eight hundred million people. That's not you changing the lives of eight hundred million people. That is you changing the lives of ten people. And I talked last week about how to make an impact in, in people's lives. And Paul, Paul is resuming that ideology. Paul's resuming that context where he's saying, listen, it's not just about how you live making an impact in people's lives. That was last week. This week he's talking about literally being a missionary and impacting people's lives. Yes, strangers, but yes, people in your lifetime, in your own household. Yes, people that you work with. You have an opportunity to be a missionary with the gospel of Jesus Christ and what you have to do is have a missions mindset you can change people's lives you don't have to be an activist or a pastor or an inventor or someone whose name's in the history's books but if you hang with me for a moment in general listen I think there are two different ways we impact people's lives here it is uh, first of all we, we can temporarily impact people's lives right that 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 is when we give them help here in this world That's somebody going through a rough time. That's us maybe helping somebody get a better job, right? That's helping them through a difficult time, helping them improve themselves or encouraging them. When you look at a a temporary impact in people's lives, almost always that is a physical or an emotional impact impact in their lives, a physical or emotional difference in their lives. And I say it's temporary for this reason. It's temporary because there's no guarantee of a lasting impact, right? Right? 
Like you can encourage someone in this life. And by the way, you should encourage people. That's part of the job of a Christian, the Bible said, is to be an encourager. But we all know that encouragement leaks. Can I get an amen there? And, 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 and people who are encouraged today can be, we, we can help somebody physically. We can help them through a difficult time. But we all know that we live in a, in a frail, failing body that one day is going to leave. And so th- those are all good. Like a temporary impact is all good. God has placed us here. Jesus did miracles and every single person that Jesus did a miracle on died eventually. It was a, it was a temporary impact. And the Bible calls us to do that. The Bible tells us that we are to make a temporary impact in people's lives. Like we should be about this as Christians, but it is not primarily the main impact we ought to make. What is the main impact we ought to make? Well, the main one we ought to make is an eternal impact. Eternal. An eternal impact is one that, that is not made physically or emotionally, but spiritually in people's lives. When we impact and influence someone's spiritual condition, that is an eternal impact on their lives. When somebody was going to hell and now they're going to heaven, that is an eternal impact in their lives. Anyone can make a temporary impact, and they should. But hear me, only Christ followers can make an eternal impact. And with all of the hundreds, hundreds of people that we talked about you were going to see there a moment ago, that you're going to come in contact with in your life, with so many of those, you have an opportunity to make an eternal impact if you do one thing. And that one thing is to have a missions mindset. A missions mindset. What is a missions mindset? Here's how I'll define it. This morning, you don't, you don't have to write this down, you'll get it, but it is the awareness that everyone you encounter has an eternal soul and will spend eternity in either heaven or hell and that Jesus is their only hope of heaven and you may be their only connection to heaven. That's a missions mindset. F- follow me. It is the awareness that I, I live my life. A missions mindset primarily is an awareness that I'm living my life as a missionary. And I'm aware of this one thing, that every single person you meet has an eternal soul, right? You get that, don't you? Every person you work with, every person in your family, every person that you encounter, every person you see on the street, every single one of them, they are going to live, their soul is going to live on in eternity somewhere somewhere it's never going to end it's going to go on as a matter of fact time will be suspended time will not measure time anymore there's no not time when we get to eternity there is only eternity eternity a million years after the start of eternity it's only just begun but that eternal soul can only go to two places heaven or hell Heaven or hell? By the way, there's no in-between. The Bible's very plain. There's no in-between heaven or hell, and there's no going from one place to the other. You don't go to hell for a short amount of time and pay your penance and then get, go to heaven. No, that's, that's not the way it works. You, you can't go to heaven, realize you're missing some family members, realizing you're missing some friends, realize you're missing some loved ones, and then go to hell and try to get them out. No, Jesus said in the book of Luke that that's not possible, that those who would get out of hell and go to heaven can't. Those that would leave heaven and go to hell cannot. So everybody you know is going to spend eternity in heaven or hell, 
And by the way, good people don't go to heaven and bad people don't go to hell. Jesus is their only hope of heaven. Can I get an amen right there if you believe that? It's Jesus who said, John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is their only hope of heaven. And so, so we kind of want to leave it right there. Like we kind of want to say, that's right, preacher, amen. Jesus is the only way to get to heaven, but hold on before you say amen. Hold on. You, 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 you may be their only connection to heaven. The only way they may find out about Jesus is through you. That's a missions mindset. Missions mindset doesn't belong to the preacher. It doesn't belong just to the missionary. It belongs to every single person who knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And Paul, when we read about Paul in Colossians chapter 4, Paul has the quintessential mindset and of a missionary. And I know some of you are thinking, well, of course he did, preacher. He was, a, he was an apostle, but hear me. Paul was an apostle. He didn't get a missions mindset because he was an apostle. He became an apostle because he had that missions mindset. And in Colossians, we see it on display in his life. And as we close out the book of Colossians, God is urging every single one of us to focus on making an eternal impact in your everyday life. You may not impact 80,000 people with the gospel, but what about the family? What about your 150 friends? What about your 25 coworkers? What about the people that you run into when you're playing ball? What about even that occasional stranger that you encounter on life's way? Why well, don't I show you what Paul would say about that? Would you stand with me as we honor God's word by reading it? Colossians chapter 4. Look in Colossians chapter 4, look beginning in verse number 2. Paul said, devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. So that I may make it known as I should, act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. Thank you. You may be seated. Paul comes along and he wants us to put these verses in, in, in your domain, in our domain, in our responsibility, in our ability. So here, here's what I want to do. Let me just walk you through the text for a moment and then let me make some observation at the end. Here's, here's how Paul started off. He said, devote yourselves to prayer, stay alert, and the same with thanksgiving. Now, now some of this stuff is going to be pretty obvious, but the word devote there literally means be faithful in prayer. And then he said to stay alert, which is a great word in the Greek. It literally means don't go to sleep. It was used for people who were on guard duty or who were facing a crisis. So if you were on guard duty, your commander would say to you that Greek word, stay alert, be aware, be, be wide awake. And then he said to do all of that with thanksgiving. Now, you may not have picked on this picked up on this as we've gone through Colossians, but throughout Colossians, we're told about thanksgiving a lot. Like it, it makes it one of the most thankful books in the whole New Testament, but it's, it almost feels out of place here. But what Paul is doing is coupling that staying alert and devotion with thanksgiving. What he's trying to tell us is be, be alert, 
be in prayer, but do it not in a spirit of fear or anxiety, but with the confidence and assurance that the resources we have in Christ are more than equal, more than equal to the potential challenges that will come up to be a missionary in the culture. And so here's, here's what he said. He, he, here's how it translates to us. Number one, be praying. How, how does somebody with a mission mindset pray? We, we pray for people in our lives who are far from God. Can I ask you a question this morning? Who do you have in your life that you're praying for who's far from God? Like it ought to be written down somewhere. It, it, it ought to be captured somewhere. It ought to be a daily, daily, or at least a weekly prayer in your life that you have these people, family members, coworkers, friends, people you met randomly. I, I, when I flew a lot, I, I'd, I'd start a gospel conversation with people on a plane uh, praying for a guy in Chattanooga. I, I, all I got was his first name and, and, and witness to him to the point of he wanted no more of it and kind of cut me off. And I gave him a business card and, and, and told him to come to Peavine, but I had his name on my prayer list forever, just praying for a random stranger. I, I, and by the way, I wasn't even sure I had his first name right. I was just trying to remember, but you ought to have that list. You ought to have that list. I've got people I've been praying for by name for decades who are still not saved. And then I've got some names I added in the last few weeks who need to be saved. We as Christians have this obligation to always be praying for people who are far from God. But not just that, we ought to be praying for opportunities to share the gospel. Not just with our list, by the way, that's even better. Here's what I've noticed about the list I'm praying for. Oftentimes it's somebody else that can reach my list better than I can reach my list, but they have a list and I might can reach their list better. And I don't know why it works that way. It's not always true, but sometimes it is. But you ought to be praying not just for people far from God, but praying for opportunities every day of your life. You ought to pray, God, let me be, find somebody today I can share the gospel with or I can invite to church or I can pray with or do something to impact their lives eternally. We ought to be praying. But then he said to us, we ought to stay alert, that we ought to be, we ought to be ready, ready on a moment's notice. The Bible says this, to, to share our faith with anybody. Because here's what you need to know. Opportunities are often disguised as everyday occurrences or problems. You know that, don't you? That's why you have to stay alert. There are times in your day-to-day at work or at school or wherever you may be, that you see something and you think it's a, a problem, but it's not. It's an opportunity from God to make a difference eternally. And to us, Paul said, don't, don't have any anxiety about it. I, I meet so many Christians who are anxious about inviting people to church or sharing the faith. And here's what they always are nervous about. What if they ask a question I don't know the answer to? Well, first of all, highly unlikely they know enough about the Bible to ask you a question about it. Secondly, if they ask you a question, all you have to say is, could you explain a little bit more or just show me what you're talking about in the Bible? And they're going to say, oh, well, no, I just heard somebody say that one time on that TV show I watched a while back. And if they say to you, what about all the mistakes in the Bible? Again, I always say, just say this, oh, wow, I didn't know there were any. Do you mind showing me some? Because they don't know him either. Well, if you can't show me any, can we just talk about Jesus for a minute? I don't have to know all the answers. Listen, I don't have to, I don't need theological answers. I need compassion and a heart for God. And Paul says this, the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us 
for the word, to speak the mystery of Christ for which I'm in change, so I may make it known as I should. Paul said three things here. He said, number one, that you ought to pray for an open door when you pray. That is a prayer to pray for yourselves and others, an open door. What is an open door? It's an obvious opportunity to engage someone and impact their lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ. An obvious opportunity to engage someone and impact their lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You ought to pray for open doors. God doesn't want to make evangelism hard. God wants, wants us all to be able to do it. And God, Paul says, willing to open a door to make it easier for you. But then Paul said this, don't let difficult circumstances stop me. I don't know if you know what, what Paul said. Paul mentioned the fact that he was in chains. Don't, don't read over that, that, that phrase, in chains. Paul was literally chained up in prison. You know what Paul said? Paul said, I don't want prison and chains to be an excuse for me not to share my faith. As a matter of fact, here's what we know. Paul was in the middle of spending two years in prison. He was chained to guards every day of his life, but they gave him the freedom to write and receive guests. And so uh, history tells us that Paul was chained up next to the guard barracks where he was in prison. Here, here's, what, here's what we're told about Paul being, here's what Paul said, Acts 28, 30. Uh, Paul stayed two old years in his own rented house and he welcomed, this is in jail, they made him pay for his jail sale, and he welcomed all who visited him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Now Paul says all who visited him. Do you know who Paul's putting in the category of who visited him? Notice this, in Philippians 4.22, all the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. Now the word phrase Caesar's household has been studied throughout history. And here's what we believe that meant Caesar's household. That there were praetorian guards who had been chained to Paul that Paul said, hey boys, I got you today. Yeah. And Paul would say, you think I'm chained to you, but guess what? You're chained to me today. I got a story I want to tell you. Paul, we don't want to hear it. Well, you can leave anytime you want to, but I got a story to tell you. Let me tell you about a man named Jesus and what he did for my life. And here's what history tells us, that the guards were getting saved, and because the guards were getting saved, the gospel was spreading to Caesar's household so that even in the man who had Paul in prison, many of his own household was coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because Paul was not going to let a difficult circumstance stop him from reaching people with the gospel. Third thing you told us was he ought to make it known as I should. That phrase in the Greek means to speak a plain, simple message. I want you to look at me here because some of you may get mad at me right now. I don't say that much, but, and that's probably not a good way to start a sentence. Let, let me say this. Some of you are going to like me so much more after I say this. What is, hear me now, hear me. What is the plain, simple message of a Christian. I can put it in two words. Do you know what it is? Somebody tell me. What's the plain, simple message of the Christian? Jesus, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Can I tell you our message has gotten off track? Can I tell you that our message is never meant to be about political parties? 
Y'all okay? Our message is not about a virus. Y'all still okay? Our message is not about a vaccine. Our message is not CRT, BLM, Me Too, or anything else the world comes up with. Those are not our messages. We have one message, and Paul said, here's what I want to do. I want, I want you to pray for me that I don't get caught up in everything else and that I have one message, and it is a simple message. And what is that message, church? Jesus saves. Jesus saves. I know you had to clap because your neighbor did. We'll talk later, but... We're off track. We're off track. Can I, can I tell you something? If, if, if we'd handled our simple message well, we wouldn't have to worry about the other messages. The reason, the reason we're hung up on the other ones is because we didn't make known as we should. And can I tell you, if you're talking more about, if, if, if your message resembles CNN or Fox or whatever the news category more than it does the gospel of Jesus Christ, you have the wrong message. I told you you're going to like me so much more after I said that. Can, can I remind you of something as a Christian? I just want to remind you of something. We all need to remind this. I need to remind you of it. You need to remind you of it. Let me remind you of this. This is not even our home. You know that, don't we? Don't you? I, 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 Josh, we should have sung it. What is it? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. You may remember that song? What does the Bible call us? We are ambassadors for Christ. You know what that means? I represent my king in a foreign land. And everything that American Christians have made the message about, can I tell you this? Christians in Afghanistan right now could care less about. They're giving their lives for this one simple message. Jesus saves. Paul said, pray for me an open door. That's an obvious opportunity to share my faith. And even though it may be difficult and I'm in prison, don't let difficult circumstances stop me and let me stay on track. Paul could have went on and on about how unfair it was for him to be put in prison for the gospel stake. But you know what he did instead? He won people to Jesus Christ because he had a missions mindset. And then he said, verse number four, five, act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. I, I got to move on. But that means act right towards people far from God. Can I tell you this, that too many times our mission's mindset is ruined by our bad living? And then verse number six, he, he said this, let your speech always be seasoned with salt so you know how you should answer each, each person. Let your speech always be seasoned with salt so you know how to answer each person. Paul said this. Here's how I phrased it. Don't let the words coming out of your mouth hinder the words that should be coming out of your mouth. And every time we open our mouths, it should be filled with grace and salt, healing and helping, witness and wisdom, encouragement and insight. It does no good to have a mission mindset coupled with a messy, messy mouth. And so Paul said, 
just pay attention to how you, what you say. So if I, if I were going to sum up what Paul was saying, here, here's what I would say. Uh, pray for uh, opportunities and open doors and be ready for them when they come. Uh, a missional opportunity can be disguised as a bad situation or, by the way, an everyday occurrence. You never know. And protect your witness at all costs. Paul said, watch your living, watch your lips, and protect your witness at all costs. And so when I see all that, that leads me to here's my point. Here's my point Paul was trying to get across. It's just one. We're all missionaries. The only question is, what kind of missionary are you? Right? We're all missionaries. We are all representing the gospel of Jesus Christ in our everyday lives. We are all representing the gospel when we go out and share Christ with the lost and dying world or don't share Christ with the lost and dying world. We're all, every one of us, when we were saved, God commissioned us as a missionary to reach our family and to reach our friends and to reach our coworkers and to reach those who he brings around us and even strangers from time to time. You are a missionary. You've been commissioned as a missionary, but what kind are you? There's two questions. Are you going to carry a mission mindset and look for an opportunity to impact the lives of others with the gospel? Are you going to invite people to church, pray with them during hard times, encourage them through the word of God, share Jesus with them, with those people you come in contact with? Or are you going to wander through life and never think about impacting other people's lives for eternity? Never looking for an opportunity, never praying for an open door, never watching what you say and how you act so as not to hinder the gospel of Jesus. So what do I need to do? Let me sum it up with just a few statements. I've already said some of them, but here they are. What do you need to do to have a mission mindset? Number one, pray, pray every day for an opportunity to invite someone to church or share Jesus with them. Pray every day for that opportunity. You say, preacher, I'm around the same people all the time. Can I tell you something? If you pray for an opportunity, God might send somebody else along your path. Well, preacher, I, I work with the same five people. Hey, pray for an opportunity. One of them may get fired. Somebody else may get hired. You never know. You may get fired and rehired somewhere else. Somewhere else. You never know. You just pray for an opportunity. When you are faithful to pray for an opportunity to invite someone to church to share Jesus with them, I promise you, Jesus will give you the opportunity. That leads me to the second thing. You've got to be on the lookout for those open doors and opportunities. You've got to be on the lookout. God is going to send people your way if you pray for opportunities and you have this missional mindset. Hear me. God is going to send people your way and open doors and opportunities are going to pop up all around you. So you've got to be ready. You've got to be aware that today could be the day. And then number three, be aware that open doors and opportunities can be disguised. Open doors and opportunities can be disguised. It can be conflict. It can be uh, problems. It can be bad circumstances. It also can be everyday, ordinary life. And it was an open door and an opportunity. And then number four, don't let your words or your walk hinder your mission ability. Don't let your words or your walk hinder your mission ability. Close your Bibles. I'm finished. I'm finished. Let me tell you a story. If you get to be a little age on you, we love to play the if I'd only game, right? You ever play if only I'd game, if I'd only game, right? How about this? If I'd only listened in high school, right? 
You didn't think geometry was important, and then later on in life you figured out, well, it's still not important now, but you figured out one of those classes would have mattered back then if you'd only listened. If only I'd listened to my parents, right? We've all had some of those markers in our lives. Our parents warned us, man, if I'd only I'd listened to them, man, I wish I'd listened to what they said and not got my, but how about this? If I'd only finished college, how about this? If I'd only made a better decision, but here's the favorite one I hear adults play. Favorite one. Adults play it. If I'd only bought that stock. How many of you ever played that game, if I'd only bought that stock, right? Well, let me show you if you'd only bought that stock. If you'd bought $1,000 worth of Amazon stock at its initial IPO in 1997, today your $1,000 would be way up here. You want me to say it? Well over $2 million. If only. 1997, you'd never heard of Amazon, but if you'd bought $1,000 worth of stock, just 1000 just 1000 you'd have over $2 million today in climbing. If, I, if I'd only. So here's what you do. You, you go to start market tomorrow, and you look for the next Amazon, right? And after you've lost $5,000 in about three minutes, you give up. If only, and you go back to my graph, if only I'd given $1,000. Right, the, if, if I'd only gain. It's not going to be the only time we've played that game. One day in heaven, you're going to play that game, if only I'd. Let me tell you you're going to play it in heaven one day. You're going to play this. If only I'd invited them to church. That guy I worked with, that gal I worked with, she's not in heaven. He's not in heaven today. And I worked by them every day of my life. I sat by them every day of my life. I went to school with them. If only I'd invited them to church, maybe they wouldn't be in hell today. If only I'd share Jesus. You're going to look at a family member who's, who died lost and is in hell, and you're standing at the judgment seat of Christ, and God's not punishing you. He's just showing you what could have been. That's going to happen to all of us. And you're going to be saying to yourself, but Jesus, why didn't I? If only I'd shared Jesus with them, they'd be in heaven. You're going to play the game. If only I'd, if only I'd prayed for them. If only I'd prayed with them. If only I'd taken my Bible and shared something. Listen, if only I'd let my walk sync up with my witness. One day we're going to play the if I'd only game. You are a missionary. So it's time to get rid of the what ifs and have that missions mindset. Would you stand with me? Heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank you, Pastor Joel, for that incredible message. And uh, man, I have so much enjoyed uh, this sermon series, Life Upgrade. And I- I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm holding my iPhone this morning. And um, in September, if Apple follows their regular plan, they'll be releasing a new iPhone. And I always am excited to get the new iPhone because here's what I know. The new iPhone is going to do things that the old iPhone didn't do. And so um, I always want those new features and those new bells and whistles. The same could be said of us spiritually. And this whole 
book of Colossians, the sermon series over the book of Colossians, helping us become better connected spiritually with Jesus and upgrading our life, beginning to do the things that we know we should do. And when we give our hearts and life to Jesus, it's an upgrade. We can do things that we couldn't do before without the power of the Holy Spirit working inside our lives. And so um, today is all about sharing the good news of the gospel and connecting with people around you who you know are far from God and sharing the good news of the gospel with them. But maybe you're watching this morning and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. It begins with you understanding that you're a sinner. That word sinner is kind of a churchy term that just means that you've broken God's law. You've got to be willing to admit that. You've got to believe that Jesus died on the cross. The blood that He shed on the cross pays for every single one of your sins. And then you've got to confess that to Him. And it really is that simple. And maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But God has spoken to your heart this morning and you know today is the day you need to do that. Then right here, right there in your living room, right where you are, tell God this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And God, I'm asking today for your forgiveness and cleansing in my heart and life. Lord, I ask you to come into my heart through the power of your Holy Spirit. Take away my sin. Be my Savior. Lord, I give my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray. If you prayed that prayer this morning for the very first time, man, I want to tell you, welcome to the family. We couldn't be more excited. In fact, we want to put a copy of a book called Welcome to the Family in your hand. We want to send you that resource. It's going to help you take next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Not only that, we want you to know you're not in this faith journey alone. We want to help you. And so if you would, click on the I Commit My Life to Christ button that we've just dropped in the chat box. And it's going to ask you three questions. Your name, your phone number, and uh, your email address. We want to connect with you and send you that book and also uh, give you a call and help you know what next steps are for you to take in your faith journey with Jesus. We're so glad you joined us this morning. It's been a great time together, you in your living room, uh, watching from home. It's been a great time worshiping together. God bless you. Can't wait to see you next week. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening.